Welcome to the Rogue Tailboard Podcast, where firemen are fired up and minimal is unacceptable. All right, here we go. We finally got all the kinks worked out after our fifth attempt to try and get these guests on. I have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Matthew Valdez and Ms. Ellie Nidell out of San Antonio. They started up the MD Fire Rescue Training instructional class going on there. They've got good things. Matt is the owner, but he gives all credit to the real boss, the CEO, Ellie Nidell. Matt, what's up on that story? Well, you know, uh, happy, happy wife, happy life, I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. My wife's listening too. She can definitely appreciate that. I know she. Don't know who really runs the pants in that relationship. And then Matt is also credited 16 years in the service of both volunteer and career fire EMS. He is a self-dubbed forever student of the craft. I love that. I hope we all have that same mentality. We can never stop wearing the nuts. He is currently stationed out of San Antonio Fire Department. He's a fire explorer and recruiting program mentor and field training officer. He was the past fire chief of San Diego, Texas Volunteer Fire Department, past board president of the South Central District of the State Firefighters and Fire Marshals Association, certified recruitment and retention coordinator through International Association of Fire Chiefs. Matt, is there anything else I'm missing on? No, I think that's the quick and down and dirty of it. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but his fiance, Ellie Nidell, she has seven years of volunteer fire and EMS experience. And I am strictly told to say, do not miss her instructing for MD Fire Vehicle Rescue Class, where she tells it like it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've kind of been told in the past that I'm a bit aggressive. Um, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself aggressive as I just don't um, really take any bull. And I feel like um, when you're a woman in the fire service, you kind of have to be that way. Um, I don't like to be told no. I don't like to be, I don't like to be pushed around. Um, I just, I'm very direct. <laughs> very fair. I think we all need that in our lives for sure. Noble mentality. Guys, I do. I am curious. What got y'all into the fire service? What's what's y'all's background? What what brought you in? Well, I actually got into the fire or into the fire service volunteering back in high school. I had an old uh, classmate and friend. We used to work together in the uh, during the summer, and he kind of did his thing. And you know, we would hang out and you know, um, just being volunteer and being kids. And it's something that uh, he was like, "Hey, we'll come check it out." And then. From that very first meeting, um, it just kind of felt natural and never left the service after that. <laughs> nice, nice. Ellie, what about you? Yeah, so everybody in my family is uh, police, fire, military, EMS. Um, my dad was a fireman and a paramedic for um, Seattle Fire Department for 30 plus years. Uh, my mom was a 911 dispatcher brothers in the military, aunts, uncles, cousins, you name it. I mean, I was born and bred into um, 911. So whenever it came time for me to kind of choose my career path, um, I had gone to college. That didn't really work out for me. I'm not
I was going to take an EMS program, which I did, and I just fell in love with it. I threw myself into it and I've never looked back. Um, you know, I grew up, my dad, he would tell stories around the dinner table that were not like anybody else's dinner time stories, right? And so I just, I've never known anything else. Um, he would take me with him when he was instructing his EMT and paramedic students. So I just, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. It's, it's really a family business for me. So that's how I got into it. Oh, that's very awesome. I definitely can relate to uh, the not going to college and short span and classroom relations. That was definitely, definitely neat too in high school. And I had a social studies teacher who, I guess you could say maybe it was a mistake, but it hit with me. He said, not everyone's meant for college. Some are meant right to go to work. Right. And, you know, that might actually be me. Of course, my life to different paths and I got called into the service later on but definitely hit the ground running after high school getting right to the workforce absolutely and, uh, I'm very thankful for how that turned out very cool so this is pretty neat that you guys are both in the service and uh are definitely in y'all's relationship how did that start off how'd y'all meet <laughs> so Matt likes to let me tell the story yeah I should tell the story okay. um so his company was still fairly young and new and he was um we were both out at Guadalupe County. He was um, there uh, instructing a vehicle um, rescue class. And I was a student. I was taking my tech two with my volunteer department. So the first night, you know, all of the vendors kind of do their little demo before we actually get into the class. And so um, they all do their demos. And afterwards, Matt came up to me and um, asked me if I wanted to go to dinner that night. And I said no. Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I wasn't there for, you know, relationship or whatever. I was just there to learn and um, get my certification and to have a good time. So I said no. He said, all right. And the next day we went to class. And after class that day, he asked me again, hey, will you go to dinner with me? So at this point, I'm like, all right, this guy's pretty, <laughs> pretty persistent. Um, I guess I'll get a free meal out of him. So we went to dinner and we had a good time, but I, I told him right off the bat, like, listen, I'm not playing any games. I don't date firemen. I'm not interested. I don't want a relationship. Um, and he said, okay, I'll show you. I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'm, I'm different than the rest of the firemen that you <laughs> think that you know. So, um, and we've pretty much been inseparable ever since. So, so consistency pays off is what I'm hearing. You got to be persistent. <laughs> yeah, and honest. I think we were both very upfront with each other from the very beginning and it just, it works, you know, we just make it work. And, and, I, and I'm sure you and your wife know how it is. It's just, you know, the communication has to be there. Like, Hey, I got this going on or whatnot. And, you know, at the time um, I was still working for another sales company and doing my company and still working full time as a firefighter and still doing, you know, helping out a little bit in my volunteer department, you know, never really gave that up and help wherever I can, you know I mean? Uh, it was just near and dear to my heart, but, and then she works a lot too, you know, you know how everybody likes to pick up them rat or overtime shifts and, you know, you got to do what you got to do to, to make a living. So we were just, you know, upfront and about it. And, you know, we just communicated, I guess, pretty much clear and concise and what we were looking for. And, and, uh, it just had this developed a certain bond and, um, inseparable bond, I would say. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty honored that, you know, he's let me kind of come in and help with the business as much as he has because, you know, he's put his entire heart and soul into it. And so it's really 
awesome for me that it's something that we get to do together. I think we both bring a lot of um, our own strengths and weaknesses, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially when you both click up and you get on the same page. Yeah. I can obviously relate to that, too. When I was first trying to date my wife, yeah, I'm the world's worst liar, so she could have seen through anything I even tried. <laughs> she, she got me in check real quick on that. And obviously, honestly, always pays off. And we've, she knows what's going on with me half the time before I even know. And I'm like, what? No. Yeah. with another company for quite a few years I think it was about eight years and you know you you meet a lot of new people it was it was a great opportunity met a lot of great folks and uh, a lot of brothers and sisters and you know from all over the place and and that's one of the things that I really really enjoyed about it was just you know traveling all over the place just meeting people going to conferences um, and and I guess pretty much making friends and bonding with similar minds and mindsets of you know the craft and uh, I, I I, and that's why I love seeing, like, on social media and everything, you know, you see those conferences of uh, those big conferences that are getting, or smaller conferences getting bigger with the guys that just like-minded individuals that want to make change. And uh, 100%. so, but, but, uh, yeah, it just, I was actually going to go work for Genesis Rescue Systems as a rescue specialist and, you know, conversations and, you know, friends, and we're just talking around dinner and stuff. And, uh, they were looking for another dealer in Texas, and um, so that's how that came to light. And uh, just took the jump and started my company pretty much one day on shift. I was just thinking about it, and you know what? I said to myself, "Let's like let's just do this. Jump right into it, and um, let's let's do something. I hope hopefully I can do some good." So that's how the whole MV um, fire started. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially knowing that you were getting that opportunity. And like you said, watching these other conferences and these other instructors being together and watching them grow to have that big of an impact where it just started off on maybe a little locally, regional area. And now they're getting firemen from all over. Yeah, yeah that's cool to definitely be a part of that. Yeah, and, and, and that was another thing with MV. We wanted to do, because uh, our main focus is rescue tools, uh, Genesis Rescue Tools as a dealer. But then we, it had the opportunity to possibly make some change, you know, do something a little bit different. Uh, we, we say, man, well, we, we, we take pride in, you know, it's an overall experience whenever you take a class or any class of ours. Uh, we, we know how it is firsthand. You know how it is. You know, everybody knows how it is. You go to a class and sometimes, you know, every instructor is a little bit different. They do a little bit different, say different things. And, um, you know, sometimes it can be boring or sometimes it, it just whatever. So we try our best. I always say we do always try our best to give it our all, have a good time, you know, um, make friends, relate to one another or, or the students, uh, and also to just be efficient with the time and be efficient and um, make efficient rescuers. Um, I don't know if you had noticed, but we always focus on trying to have like low class numbers, uh, no more than 30 students, uh, you know, that way the instructor to student ratio uh, is uh, 
is low. So that way the, the students can have that one-on-one -on -one time, you know, if need be, or uh, get to know uh, one another in their particular pit or group, you know, and learn from each other. I, like I said, I'm, I'm always learning different things from every class I go to, you know, especially in the volunteer side or even just past professions of uh, career guys. You know, you got engineers, doctors, mechanics, you know, you, uh, one class that's always stood out is like, man, a guy used to uh, fabricate and, and and be on the assembly line of, of these big rig trucks. And he had a lot of insight. So, you know, what I mean, it's just every class and every person you come across, I, I, I value that and we value that yeah. um, for the reason being it's just um, learning and continue to grow and just better, better, just make, make the whole fire service better. And I think um, maintaining that sense of community that's within the fire service already we're both um very committed to you know make, keeping that bond strong i think with everybody that we come across um so we do the sales but then the training is really something that i think that's probably our favorite thing to do um there's a time for sales and there's a time for training so when we're doing a training that's what it's all about it's about the technique it is about you know creating the best rescuer that we possibly can um, I mean, we love to sell tools too, but I think the training is both. Um, that's probably the most where our, both of our hearts are. I, I can't agree more with that either. I really like what you said earlier, Matt, too, where you're a forever student of the past. And I think that homes right back into it where you just you don't get enough training. And I don't think that you can ever stop being super proficient at one skill before you start advancing or tweaking it. Yeah. Especially when it comes to extrication, you know, my, dis my district where I'm at, we got a good 10 miles chunk of an interstate. We got a lot of county rural roads with high speeds. So entrapments and tenons are something that we run a lot of. Absolutely. And that's one thing that's near and dear to me is the extrication because that's the majority of our calls. Yeah. And no car wreck's going to be the same to where, okay, well, you just do step one through three and you got the patient out. No, that's not always how it is. Yeah. And so going to people like what you said where you're trying to keep it intimate with you know no more than 30 students i think that's spot on i mean anymore i can understand that's a good problem to have but if you don't have the instructors here to help meet the demand of that class you know you got that's both times that you got to be mindful of the instructors and the students yeah and i think the last thing i think the student would want is to go to a class where they didn't feel like they had a true connection with the instructor Absolutely. And I think the day that you feel like you know everything is probably the day that you need to pick a new career. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can always learn. So. So what, uh, what made y'all decide to instruct on extrication? I also see that, and I've been following you guys for a while now on social media, but you also do forcible entry, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're not already following us or like our page, make sure you go to our Instagram and uh, Facebook. Go like us, follow us, and see what we're up to in our next moves. we got a lot of new things coming. So that was my little plug for the podcast right there for us. Right, this is your episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we, we connected with the, uh, the guys over there in uh, Escalon, California, a couple of Modesto firefighters. Good dudes, man. Great, great dudes. Uh, great families. Um, just all around great people and, and uh, from Bear Training Solutions. Uh, we have been in, in conversation and talk and um, they do primarily, uh, they're in the market with um, a lot of uh, DOD, military, uh, SWAT, police stuff. Um, and um, 
but looking at their product and, and kind of inspecting and, and, you know, checking out what they had. And I reached out to them to see if they're looking for a, a dealer. And um, I just, I just fell in love with the product and their offering. And then much, much more after uh, we flew to California, um, you know, of course, talk business and whatnot, but just meet those guys and just hang out with them and, you know, drink a couple of rounds of uh, adult beverages and, you know, just, you know, it's just around some good firemen and, and, uh, and their families. And it was just a good time. But yeah, just overall great products, a lot of thought, a lot of uh, design and testing that's involved with, um, you know, like the, the quickest way I could describe to, you know, the other guys on, on our cadre about the door was, I mean, it, it is a truly fine tuned uh, machine when you're getting this door. Everything is, you know, computer and laser cut. Um, so it's just, just an awesome product. And I'm just glad I was able to, and, and, and honored um, to be able to take that step and, and partner with those guys. And I, I think, I think we probably, um, not even, I, I don't even want to consider them partners. I'd want to consider them family. Um, just good dudes, man. Yeah, and I think I think their craftsmanship on that door really plays out when you look at that new one that's on their website. And you've even shared photos of it too. That thing, I don't know. There's not much you can't do as a forced door type of approach with that training proposition. Yeah, everything. Everything on that door has a purpose. I mean, it is truly designed to teach you proper technique. Um, you can't just go in there like you might with any other. Um, training door and just pop it open like nothing. I mean, you have to have the right um, techniques. So that's what I think is, is so great about it. Every weld, every feature that they have on it is uh, it's truly there to make you the best at what you, yeah. And and it's designed to take what what do you say? A couple couple hundred pounds of C four that they did with uh, military <laughs> contractors. So. Yeah, I mean. Oh no, it's all good. But yeah, that's how we, we got into the into the, the forceful entry that we always kinda had um you know, a couple guys in our cadre had a, a niche or they had you know, everybody kinda has their forte, mine being more on the rescue side and, and uh right. second second of that would be forcible entry and a couple other guys, you know, they, they they take pride and, and, you know, they kind of have their fortes and forcible entry being one. So I think it was just a good segue to, you know, um, with one great product to offer, but then have a great product to train on. And that will, you know, not only humble us, but humble anybody that comes across it. And uh, just, like I say, good dudes doing good things. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, especially, like you said, with it ever changing in the new designs, that goes to your vehicles, that goes to your constructions. They're always upgrading. They're always finding new ways to put out a new product. And that, in my opinion, can impose different challenges when it comes to extricating forceful entry. So if you're not, I think if you're not staying on top with the newer models coming out, you're the older, just stick your house in and go the tactics may not be suitable with right. this new construction going on. Absolutely. So that's cool that you touch on that and help prep others with the, the change of demands. So how long have you been knowing day solutions now, I think uh, overall from the very first conversation, I would say just under a year. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then with COVID and everything, they kind of took a they put a hindrance on some of the stuff, and we weren't able to go out there as soon as we could. And you know how it is; everything was shut down and whatnot. But as soon as we could, we got out there and um, finalized everything. And, and just exciting times, to be honest. And we got a uh, we'll get another rig on the on the road, another trailer. Uh, so so be looking out for that as well. Yeah, we're really excited to to get the door out there and um, just start having a good time and training some folks up. So and just uh, and an offer it to people. I know as soon as we get it um, in the new trailer up, you know, I know we're going to be doing some stuff with the Fools, uh, Citizens First Fire Training, uh, Guadalupe County there in New Braunfels, um, and then pretty much kind of setting up a. Uh, a Texas tour, I guess you can say, and just showing it out there, letting letting the guys, you know, know initially there's going to be no charge or what, but just take it by the station or volunteer training nights and, hey, like, get some reps in. Tell us what you think. You know, maybe there's something that we're missing or bear train solutions missing. So we're going to be open to that, to, you know, constructive criticism, and but also to just be able to showcase a, a, an excellent product in my in my eyes and our opinion. And, uh, and then just kind of, share the brotherhood and share some knowledge. No, that's awesome. Especially when y'all have the, the means to stay humble, to receive true criticism. And, you know, that also goes on the students end for being humble and upfront being, Hey, I loved it, but also giving them the honest feedback. It is important. It's not just, you know, the class I've been to, everyone wants feedback and I try to be open and honest about it because I know that y'all instructors are looking for that. So just to continue to give a blanket, Oh no, everything was great. Well, okay. Well, how, does that really help, though, with growing the overall program to suit the needs that are out there? So if you're a student, definitely give honest feedback, especially when you have instructors and classes presented to you that's truly willing to receive it. I do believe that makes a big deal to overall better, like you're saying. That yeah, that that's an excellent point. We honestly and truly wait uh, to see. And, and also, too, we did something good. I mean, of course, we always like to hear that, and you know, okay, this worked. Um, you know, maybe we didn't do so well on this part, or maybe we need to kind of tweak this, or maybe, you know what I mean, even if it's just the way the inflection of a voice or just the way we present a certain topic or, or, or product or whatnot. And you know, we, like I said, we, we're, we're students of the craft for, and hopefully forever. And, um, right. we're all like, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm an open book. I, you know, just trying to, trying to always get better and then share that knowledge with, with everybody so yeah we read every single review for the classes that we put on so we want awesome. people to <laughs> to tell us because we do put a lot of value into them i think um oh, he sends them out to all the instructors and we kind of look at them and say okay well maybe next time you know we can do this pit differently or maybe next time you know there's something something else we can do do you need longer breaks do you need you know, whatever the case may be so and it said we, we we take pride in it being um an actual experience, uh, not just your regular old, you know, whatever weekend class or just, you know, we know how it is. I know firsthand how it is, you know, being away from your family all week or just all weekend to take this class and, you know, you're tired, you're, you know, you worked all week, now you're, you know, working again, but volunteering your time all weekend. And, um, you know, so we know how it is firsthand and being all kinds of, or being students first off in, in different training classes. So we want to try to one learn from that and then uh, uh change it up a little bit so i think i think it's awesome that you said that too with the family involvement and i know there's a couple other groups out there that definitely encourage if you had the means to bring your families out there you know for those 
you know, even on the volunteer side, you know, you go to the meetings because I've been there, and some, I do miss my volunteer days. It was a different kind of love for the job at that time. But um, when they're actually, when your family's actually seeing you, instead of just hearing your stories, or when you leave to go to run the call for your volunteer, if you leave to go to the station as a career fireman, they they don't truly know other than what stories you decide to tell them or whatnot. They just think you're you're going away, you're playing firefighter, and they hope that you come back to them. But when they actually see you on the training grounds performing these duties, you know, my wife had the luxury of coming out to a couple of them, and it definitely opened up her eyes. It gave her more confidence in the fact that, okay, you know, I believe in my husband, but after truly seeing what he can do out there, that gave her more sense. And then seeing like-minded firemen with me doing the same thing, it really drove it home. Plus, it gave her an opportunity to meet other firewives, and that's a whole other bond on its own that I think is not talked about enough. So yeah. I definitely like the fact you threw out the family involvement aspect. Yeah, Chris, I think you bring up a really good point. Um, I, in my past relationships, you know, before Matt and I met, um, it was hard for me because, like I said, I didn't really, wasn't really interested in dating firemen before, and that that made things difficult. You know, they don't, people who aren't in the service family specifically, you know, they don't, they don't truly get it. They can say that they do. Um, but they're never going to really be okay with, Hey, I got to work on our kid's birthday or, Hey, I got to work this holiday or, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to talk immediately after I get off of work or I had a really bad call, but I don't want to put that on, on my partner because they're not, they're not going to understand it. Um, so I honestly think that both of us being in the service, in a way makes it easier because we're both very understanding of each other. Um, so that's something that I think is really, really important. No, I definitely agree with you. And I try and be, like you said, I don't share the nitty gritty details of bad calls, but I definitely let my wife know what's going on. And like I said, she knows me better than I know myself at times. So she's able to pick up if something's wrong with me and I'm trying to kind of conceal that. But, um, um, I definitely appreciate that. And you also answered a question I had down here about how is it managing y'all's relationship with both y'all being in the service. But apparently it's pretty easy staying transparent and open and y'all both know what's going on. Yeah, communication. Um, I would also say there's a time when you, you know, both of us being in full-time, you know, doing fire and EMS and then also running a business. I'm not going to say it's our entire lives, but it's a huge part of our lives. So I think um, something to keep in mind would also be just trying to separate work and life, if that makes sense. So there are days when we just need to not talk about business, not talk about work and just have some time to ourselves. So that's another thing that I think helps make it work. I mean, it's not always easy. Um, there are days when we go, you know, three, four days without seeing each other and that's, it's not fun, but you just you do what you got to do. You know, we both love what we do. We couldn't imagine doing anything else. So, um, I think that definitely gives a lot of hope to others out there that may be getting new into it and just hearing from a couple's point of view, you know, instead of just the man's or the, the woman's. Yeah. Opinion, I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you definitely need, uh, you know, the, like I said, there's a like a time for training and time for sales. There's, you need to make time for yourself. Um, disconnect uh, from the service just for even a day or two, spend time with the family. You know, you know, you have your, your kids and you're running around with your kids or whatnot. We don't have any kids, so it's, I guess, we just spend it on ourselves. But when it comes to that, um, you know, just come, kind of just 
get a day off from everything and just focus on the family. And that's, that's the, I say that's a big, big chunk of being, uh, being happy and keeping the family happy. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think you bring up a good point too, because there is that fine line between being in love with the job and being consumed and overwhelmed by the job. Absolutely. So I definitely think that we all, if we haven't, we need to work on finding that fine line and saying, okay, you know what? This next shift off, this next time off, is putting it away. Don't even talk to my brothers, just because that you know how that is. Even off shift, we can't stop calling each other. Oh yeah. Just, just focus. You gotta, you gotta build that up. You know, I touched on that on a previous podcast with your foundation, and just you gotta make sure that that is that. And if you're having problems at home, that's gonna overflow into work. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah like I said, you gotta take care of number one. And that's, you know, you, your family. And then now they, you know, the, the guys come after that and then you, your job and stuff like that. But it makes a big part of that is just, you know, maintaining that mental health. You yeah. know, I had a little conversation with a, a probie a couple of ships ago and, and I told him, you know, you know how in the past or just whatever, and still now in, in some departments, there's a big thing on, you know, oh, if you show weakness or, you know, you see a bad car or whatever and, you know, don't you keep it to yourself or just, you know what I mean? Like the whole mental health and PTSD and stuff like that. That stuff is real, man. Um, I know I've been to some bad calls and, you know, it, it in a way, it just, you never know when it's going to hit, you know, and I think these guys get complacent and that's a big one. The fire service is complacency around all around, but it goes to mental health as well. Yeah. And just uh, You go to so many bad calls and you feel fine and feel fine. But, you know, I know I've been through, uh, you know, so many calls and it's just something, either it can be a smell, a sight of something, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, it just kind of clicks in your mind, something different and, and, and it hits you hard and you just never know. So I just, with that, just don't be, you know, too proud of yourself. You know, if you see a bad call and you're feeling something, you know, I tell you, to the guys and give them my phone number or whatever. I'm always here. Call me, whatever. If you need something or feel something going on, you know, don't be, don't be scared to reach out. Yeah. And for me too, you know, my dad being a paramedic, I never saw how it affected my dad until I got in to the service myself. And I remember one of my worst calls that I had, you know, of course I called him and I started kind of debriefing and I'm telling him all these details and everything. And he kind of just stops and says, so how did it, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm great dad. You know, this was the outcome, blah, blah, blah. And he, he kind of stopped and he goes, no, how are you doing? And at that point, like, I don't think I had kind of let it process just yet. Um, So whoever it is, you know, I'm very, very lucky um, in my situation that I I have family, but I also have not. Um, But everybody needs to find somebody, you know, maybe it's maybe it's your captain. Maybe it's, you know, whoever, whoever it might be. But everybody needs needs somebody to vent to because you just you just never know. You definitely got to get it off. I mean, yeah, to your point about uh, smelling a different smell or seeing a different side, I finally opened up a little bit. I finally got comfortable looking at a big body of water due to a bad call two years ago. Yeah. And I wanted to see nothing of a lake or anything to the extent. And now you just, after talking to it, like you said, with some guys that I could combine in and just finally having that recipe, so I've done everything I could for it and the outcome was the outcome. And you, you learn to move on with it. Holding that into yourself, I don't care how big a boy you think you are or how tough you are, you got to reach out and talk about people. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, this is all great stuff that's uh, definitely leading into me. It was one of my last questions, but it seems appropriate now. Is guys give to the young rookie that's in the fire service? That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, no, that that's a very good question, and, and I was pondering on that uh, just the other day with uh, with the probie that we had on shift, um, and it was just man, just do do you you know do you you don't don't do you because at the end of the day you're always going to have somebody that's going to either be you know either talking crap or just whatever or feeling different do you if you feel it's right you know do you for you and your family first and then uh um you know don't be scared to be into the job like you have brought up uh i i think now with social media it's a little bit more prevalent but you know you get to see uh, I couldn't imagine them back in the days, just like, you know, because I know sometimes it's like I've growing up and coming up in the services, like I, I know I felt sometimes it's like, you know, is it, and I feel like I'm a little bit too more or too into the job or, you know, it's kind of like you feel a little bit different or whatever. It's just don't be, don't be, don't be scared to, you know, fine tune the craft. You know what I mean? Um, that's one of the big ones. I think yes. my perspective is a little bit different as, I hate to say as a woman, but it's true. Um, uh, my experience, you know, it's been different than, than Matt's experience has been, you know. Um, I feel like you kind of get underestimated a little bit when you're, you know, walking in because they're kind of, or at least in my experience, um, they're kind of feeling you out, right? Like they don't, they don't quite know how to act, right? Um, so I would say just be true to yourself and honestly, don't, don't take crap from anybody. Show them that you're there. Um, you're competent and you can do the job just as well as they can. And you know what, if you can't, then you need to work that much harder to show, um, that you can. So I guess I would say work hard and be true to yourself. And that would be my best advice. Yeah, those are things I preach a lot too. You always stay true. I've seen and I've heard stories where the new guy tries to look more into impressing a person and they lose sight of who they truly are and why they joined. Yeah. And, that's definitely something I, I feel that the young guy should check right out the gate. And just like you said, stay true yourself. Definitely agree on that. So, man, do y'all have any uh, future goals that you're trying to knock out? Obviously, with the, the growth of Envy Fire Rescue or anything else, it doesn't even have to be fire service related. Well, right now, it's like with all the uh, abyssal activities that we have, but you know, also too, we got a wedding coming up. Yeah, we're planning a wedding, so. <laughs> so that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, we got to get there. Uh, so, so, cool. so look out for uh, you know, invitation for that, Chris. You got oh, some, you got some, some special coming. <laughs> but yeah, I got some brothers that owe me on a shift trade, so I'll save that. There you go, October next year. <laughs> so yeah, we we got that coming up. Um, we got some pretty cool stuff coming up with uh, Bear Train Solutions. Um, and Genesis Rescue and Fox Tree Lighting and Fireball Tools are all tools that we, and, and products that we represent. Uh, we're, we got some cool projects. I don't want to spill the beans right now, but uh, no, not uh, a couple of, let's just say a couple of free classes um, for certain individuals, you know, and then some couple of special little projects that we have uh, in the works. And then, uh, and then, of course, we're anxious for 2023 as well. Uh, we got some big goals set for that too, so uh, definitely awesome. look out for more and you know on our socials and uh, go from there. Definitely, I know you said it before, but guys, if you 
they're unaware of MV Fire Rescue, definitely check them out on Facebook and on Instagram. Matt is working diligently hard on a lot of cool merchandise. Between him and all these other brothers, they're going to make me broke just buying their gear. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I look, look out look out for the merch website next week uh, launching. We got some uh, some stuff for the brothers and for the sisters and the wives. You got some some cool and cute stuff coming. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm glad to see the female audience starting to see some love from the fire service on that aspect. Because a lot of it's related to the brothers, which is awesome. But you know, my wife even joked, "Well, that is that a large? Where's my shirt?" <laughs> Let's keep you going. I got you. That's awesome. Yeah, like, like uh, I'm going to have to get, uh, buy another uh, uh, the Rogue Toeboy shirt from you. Or maybe when you launch one of them new designs, I'll get you get one of them I'm from you. I'm working on it. Man, this, this <laughs> is a website and all that. And, you know, to that point, it's, it's humbling to say I'm, I'm at that point where I really need to buckle down and do that. But yeah. it's, it's awesome that there's so many people that will believe and stand behind you. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, share, and share, you know, the same pride and enjoy and just the craft and you know the the same way that you do it's it's quite quite intriguing and um and uh one thing i forgot to mention too was like you know that that was another reason i joined the alamo area fools man it's just i i kind of heard about them and it was whatnot and it was kind of refreshing to see like-minded dudes and, and and women just you know share that that passion and the pride and and just trying to make the fire service better so i just you know it's pretty cool that you say like with your shirts. I've been following you and seeing what you've been doing, and uh, it, it's it's fun, man. It's definitely a great time. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And for y'all listening, if you don't know what fools are, definitely check them out. See in your local area if there's a chapter. If not, there's ways to create a chapter. They are some of us down to earth firemen and women you'll ever meet in your life that want to do nothing but better the service and perfect your trade. So I highly encourage y'all to check them out. Definitely will give a plug to them on that. They're doing wonderful things. They're, they're helping revive the fire service, and I love it. Yeah. Definitely love it. Well, man, I got one last question. I believe it's been an awesome conversation. Very honored to have you guys on. I love seeing you grow. But at the end of all my posts, I put a little tag that says set the standard. So I'm going to ask you guys, and y'all can answer separately. What does setting the standard mean to you? I'll let, I'll let ladies go first. <laughs> you answer first. Come on now. <laughs> now, set the standard to me is just uh, like how we touched on before. It's like um, focus on you, do what you feel is right, and uh, perfect your craft. That's, that's, that's what that means for me. Um, for me, I guess it would mean um, if you're not the kind of um, firefighter that you would want responding to your family's emergency, then you got some work to do. That would be setting the standard for me. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Well, guys, it's been a wonderful chat. I definitely appreciate your time. I definitely don't want to take up any more. I mean, we can shoot the breeze. I feel we definitely need to make this a regular occurrence, even if it's off the podcast. You guys are a great group, man. I really love what y'all are doing. And again, guys, give them a follow. MV Fire Rescue, they're on Facebook and on Instagram. Are you on Twitter or any other things? Or? No, just Facebook and Instagram right now. Okay. And then uh, we got right. that website coming up. Okay. So stay tuned in that. Uh, definitely look out. Support a brother. Get some really cool merch from them. And uh, thank you guys for everything. And y'all stay tuned for the next one. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate hey, it. Thank Chris. You be careful out there. And God bless, brother.
God bless you guys. Thank you so much.